And welcome to another episode of Dos and a Half Cinco's. This is episode number 37. As always, I'm your host, David. And I'm Stuart. I'm Ben. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize we had Rick on the show today. Yeah. Um, but <sighs> today we will be covering Dread, or if some of us uh, <clears throat> accidentally watched the Sylvester Stallone version, uh, Judge Dread. Wait, and, wait, wait, um, what, do you mean the, what do you mean the Sylvester Stallone version? The original Vanilla Dread. Dread. Yeah. Wait. Basic Dread. Wait, what movie were you guys supposed to see? Wait, wait side, sidebar. I didn't know there's two dreads. Bullshit. Oh. <laughs> well, um, as we, we've wait. been doing over the last couple of weeks, we will also be covering Street Sharks in our Shark Dive. Um, this is season three, episode one, season premiere. Whoop, whoop. Uh, called a Jurassic Shark. Um, I guess I also wanted to check in. What else have you guys seen this week besides our movie of the week, Dread, and our Street Shark episode? I have been watching, uh, well, I think the season just started, but uh, the new season of What We Do in the Shadows. Have you guys been, have you guys watched that? Have you watched what, the movie? What do we do in the shadows? Or What We Do in the Shadows. What is that? What did you do uh, in the shadows? What did you do, Ben? It's private. <laughs> for for so, those of us who haven't seen it, what is that series about? It is based off of an indie movie that came out in 20... I can't remember. Early 2010s. It, uh, it, it was one of the first movies that was done by Taika Waititi. You might know him from as the director of Thor Ragnarok or more recently uh, Jojo Rabbit. It is it was probably one of my favorite comedies that came out within the last decade. It's like a uh, documentary style, uh, you know, think of The Office, except it dealing with vampires. A mockumentary. Yeah, mockumentary. Like Spinal Tap. Yes, with vampires. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm Wait, sorry. that's a mockumentary? This is Spinal Tap. Yes, oh. this is Spinal Tap. Otherwise, it doesn't count, Stu. You have mm-hmm. to say this is Spinal yep, as Tap. As we've learned uh, from the blockbuster game. Yep. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, definitely one of my favorite comedies of the past 10 years. It uh, stars Taika Waititi, uh, Jermaine Clement, had a whole bunch of New Zealand folks in it. And it did so well, it pretty much launched Taika Waititi up into mainstream and it spun off on its own TV show, which was really, really good. The first season finished, and now the second season just starting. Lots of uh, cameo appearances. I don't want to spoil a lot of them, but damn, like they're the cameos are really fucking good. Really are the, fucking good. Are the same characters from the movie in the series? Uh, um, no, it is. It's they totally are different, different. characters. Okay. They are different characters, but it is still within the same kind of same, world. I same idea? Okay. Well, okay. The, the movie focuses on a group of vampires in... It's not in New, New Zealand, is it? Um, well, it's not America, but the Staten TV Island. show... The TV show focuses on Staten Island. The, oh, okay. The movie, I'm not really sure where. It's not here, though. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I would definitely recommend you check it out, at least the movie... <laughs> If anything, it's probably pretty applicable to the situation that's happening kind of right now. If you take the vampire portion out, right, them being all stuck together. Oh, yeah, they definitely focus on that a lot about like just boredom of them trying to find something to do. It doesn't really focus. It's not like interview with a vampire. It's more. (laughs) It's not serious. It's more silly. No, it's definitely really so. It's more of just focusing on their downtime of them not killing people, not being, just, not doing vampire stuff. Yeah, them just like figuring out what the hell to do. Really, <laughs> just, just passing time. It's pretty great. Okay, uh, what about you, Stu? What have you been checking out? Uh, not much really. I haven't really been watching too much stuff. Just trying to work my still. I'm trying to work my way through Final Fantasy VII remake. Ooh. Um, but one thing I did want to talk about is this link that you sent, because I'm looking at I've read the first line uh, of it of this. Uh, first of all, the name of the article is 
Uh, baby names banned in Mexico, Facebook, Harry Potter, Terminator, make list of prohibited names in Sonora. Uh, Sonora, Mexico. Yeah, Sonora, Mexico. This is by the Latin Times. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, but the first line of the article nada. is, what would you do if your name was Scrotum? Ben, what would you do? <laughs> what, a, what a gripping opening. We could all learn a little bit something like, from the writer Armando Tinoco. Yeah, I mean, I'm hooked now, Armando. That was amazing first Yeah, line. you put Scrotum in the first li- in the first sentence. You got like, Stu's attention for I got to read the rest. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm curious, because, like, how many people of Mexican descent, Mexican people, uh, would you say are named things like James Bond or uh, Rocky? I guess Rocky could be one. What about uh, Rambo or Terminator or anything even close? <laughs> Usually it's all always like, uh, you know, Humberto or fucking, you know, Jorge, I guess. Or just regular names like Ben or David. <laughs> they, they have shamed uh, the name so badly that they put it on this list that no one would ever be dared be named this ever again. And the interesting thing is on this list of bands names in Sonora, the name Judas is not included. What? So you can be, you can be, <laughs> you can be named Judas. Yeah. But, or Jeebus, but you cannot be named Robocop, Rambo, Pocahontas. Uh, you know, it, it was mostly according to them was to protect children from suffering bullying at school. I mean, I feel like you, that's one of those things where we don't really need legislation to do this kind of stuff. Because if you're a parent uh, who's like, uh, yeah, I'm going to name my kid uh, U.S. Navy, um, which is one of the name, <laughs> which is one of the listed names. But then he went into the U.S. Army. <laughs> then, then there's all kinds of confusion. <laughs> but see, that's why we we yeah. don't ban names here in America because. Uh, and we're land of the free. So Yeah, uh, so if someone named... decided they wanted to name their kid Dos and a Half Cinco, yeah. if anything, we would put that person on the podcast. Exactly. But, you know, so for yeah, our... We like to waste know, our legislation time on other things. Yeah. <laughs> like telling people not to drink bleach or uh, disinfectant. Or vote, for that matter. Don't vote, kids. Yeah. It's a waste of time, apparently. <laughs> So before we get derailed too far, uh, the reason why I brought up this article was most of the fact is next week is Cinco de Mayo. And since we are the, yep, yeah, since we are the Dos and a Half Cinco's podcast, I think it'd be remiss if we didn't uh, celebrate the namesake for our podcast, right? The celebration of our podcast. The culture of our namesake. That's right. I thought our namesake was based off of Dos Chinos. No, it, <clears throat> they, it was so, so Not great. Our me. podcast was so great. They created a day to celebrate it. But yes, we are, we are based on Dos Chinos. Also legally, Ben, uh, the answer is no, we are not based oh. off of that. We may share some letters with them. Yes. Yeah. That, but that's just purely coincidental. I, I don't and think so, you can copyright the, the words Dos and Cinco or Chinos. So, okay. or the number five Incos. What are you talking about? That one uh, we did copyright. Oh, uh, okay. Incos? Five Incos? Five Incos? Yeah. Incos. Yeah, whatever it is. But yeah, that was the reason why I brought it up. I thought it was kind of interesting. I heard someone horn. else. So in uh in in the spirit of uh, in the spirit of Cinco de Mayo, uh we figured that we would do something and I came across this article uh of the uh band names and RoboCop happened to be on it. So, so naturally so naturally, we'll segue straight into our, what we're, movie we're probably going to uh, doing next week, which would be RoboCop, but dubbed in Spanish. Yes, um, God, so, yes. Yeah, and we hope we can find that. If we if uh, we can't happen to find that, I guess we'll have to try to find something else. But I am very determined to make this happen. See if there's a Spanish dub version of RoboCop. But now the question becomes: Are we watching RoboCop one, two, or three? One. 2014. No, shut up, Ben. There is no 2014 <laughs> I, RoboCop. I wanted to vote for two because that one was that one's gold. But number Wait, one what? works. One. One is the I best. like number one. Number one was the one against the robot. It's right? the, the origin one story. Like, yeah. 
Oh, all right, fine, one. Wait a minute. You guys like the origin story for this RoboCop, but you don't like the origin story of how Jackie and Carter get That's together. not an origin uh, story. Hold on. Let, let me get <laughs> my thesis. If it thesis, wasn't for one, on. there's hold no on. point wait, in having on. two. My thesis is somewhere here. Somewhere <laughs> here. Okay. All right, quick, before you, he, he, we, we go too far down this, so we're going to shark right. dive Ladies right into season three and episode one. We're already past our segment. Too late. <laughs> And so for <laughs> season three, episode one, uh, we are going into straight into this one. It's uh, Jurassic Shark. In this, uh, in this episode, it's the season premiere, season three. And uh, in it, the uh, sharks are teleported back in time. I thought they were going to run into some other like dinosaurs, but they clearly don't. And then they introduce a brand new crony named Louie. For some reason, but other than that, that's pretty much it. Um, and Atlantis. Am I missing anything else from this episode? You missed the part where Streaks fights Littlefoot's mom. <laughs> oh shit! Don't even get me started. I'm gonna start crying. Uh-oh, you're gonna get Stuart to start tearing up. Get, no, it's still too soon. It's been like 30 years. It's still too soon. <laughs> uh, look, see, Streaks took the stupid star leaf thing. No! Oh, look. <laughs> is that the movie we should be reviewing? Is is a land before time in Spanish? You just no. no. <laughs> Wait, something sentimental. But what does that have? What does one have to do with the other? I don't know. Just throwing out out there since we were just talking <laughs> about dub movies. You can watch Wait, anything so... dub. That's true. What? Spit it out, Ben. La Tierra before <laughs> okay. TM. <laughs> Just ask Letty. She's right there, I'm sure. Letty. <laughs> La Mesa before Timo. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Ben, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. We don't have two hours for this podcast. I will give okay. you a chance to do your dissertation for the other for. Uh, okay, perfect. The we start out in rush hour no. Okay, I'm gonna mute hour. you again. All right, so we lost. Oh, what was that? We lost Ben. Oh, Although, that sucks. All right, I want, so that, that did bring something to the front of my mind. I wanted to touch on real quick. Right, that ahead, was Stuart. related to rush hour. Sure. Um, I mentioned a, a week or two ago on the up on the on the podcast that I saw mm-hmm. this thing about Jackie Chan. It was like a documentary of, of like how oh, he made no. movies and stuff. So one of the clips I saw was about uh, when he was filming Rush Hour. And so, you know, in Rush Hour 1 is like the whole intro scene where they're kind of introducing detectively uh, where he's like at that shipyard and he's like chasing down criminals or whatever. He's, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the intro setup, yeah. the sequence for him. From what I saw when they shot that because of Hollywood and budgeting, whatever, they didn't give him enough budget. So he had to shoot that entire sequence in one night. Ooh. Oh, so they only had enough to be able to to shoot. Uh, they only had the scene for like one day or something. Yeah, not even one day, one, one night. night. The scene's at nighttime. At nighttime. Wow. And I was like, what? This guy is insane. You would have never thought that from watching that movie because, you know, everything look, just looks so, you know, well, so well 19, done. So you're saying is 1917 is this cinematic masterpiece because they did a one-shot take in Rush Hour. And they use that technique in 1917. Yeah, the Jackie Chan technique. Yep. Yes. Ah, okay. The the 19... I have no budget. You I have think... to do it all one time. Yeah, I think Jackie Chan actually ghost directed 1917. <laughs> okay. All right. So anyway, what else? That was, did you... that was my segue. Sorry. Oh, that was it. Oh, okay. But yeah, that's impressive. Knowing that they had very limited limited time to be able to do that, and that's a that's a pretty complex like string of fight scenes. Yep. And that initial segment. So. Uh-huh. Uh, yep. Was there, I don't remember, was there any explosions in that first? I don't you know, know, but there's a part where, like, they slam two cargo containers together and he, like, escapes from getting crushed. Oh, that was a one take for sure. Jackie, one take. Jack- Jackie, always okay. Okay. <laughs> Jackie, one take Chen. <laughs> Jurassic Shark. Um, what were your guys' thoughts on this one? I wanted to think that it was going to be like, oh, season three. They've got they've got the rhythm down now. Maybe they got some more money. 
to like animate a little better, but I don't think I don't think they did. <laughs> the celebration um, portion was pretty funny that they just kept going back and forth. It's like there were some sequences with where they like it seemed like they took some more they put a little more effort into what they were animating, but the animations when you put them together still didn't quite make sense. <laughs> like um when they first introduced us to Louis Louis the crawfish guy who sounds <laughs> without like, even without even introducing Yeah, him, with no course. intro, he's just there and we're supposed hey, to boss? accept it. Yeah, like hey, yeah. yeah. Sure thing, boss. Like or he, he kind of sounded like Scrappy to me when he first started talking. Let me at him. Yeah. Let me. <laughs> Puppy Actually, you might power. be right. If we find out that he actually yeah. is and he acted. Yeah. Like you're on the set of Scooby-Doo. But like, oh, I don't know sorry. if you guys remember, in, when he first introduced him, he says something. Like the camera focuses in on him. He says something to Dr. Paradigm. But in his facial expression, his voice is like kind of like he's like being very submissive and like kind of like, oh, I hope he's not mad at me. And then. The, the camera stays on him and his expression just changes into this like evil, like menacing look for no reason. Like he was just acting like a little bitch two seconds ago and now he's trying to be badass. So I, I guess the animation, I guess we're still stuck with, you know, what we get. No, and, uh, like, I guess we, the effort also goes into the catchphrases. So instead of true. shark dive, we got shark glide. Cause yeah. Streaks uses a hand glider plus, and glides his way. Plus the time machine they had to make to send Streaks and Jab <laughs> back in time. So uh, My favorite is right before, I don't know if you guys caught this, but when Jab gets sent back in time to go grab uh, Streaks and then go back to his present time, at one point, if you pause it just right, there's no, the, Jab doesn't have a face. It's just <laughs> the, the outline of the brown, it's just outline and then colored in shaded brown. And then no face, no eyes, no teeth, no nothing. Wow. Yeah. So it's almost like they're, as the seasons are progressing, they're actually taking out animation. They're like, we have to <laughs> put this, re- put these resources somewhere else. No, I think they started pocketing all the funds. They're like, well, we could reinvest oh, yeah. in the show and make this really yeah. good. Or Just I could buy this brand new Porsche. The, the original, the original Ponzi scheme. They just they <laughs> take looks- the money and run. That's right. We'll make a really popular uh, Saturday TV, you know, Saturday morning kids TV show, and then do it just for the money. Actually, Ponzi schemes were was from nineteen fifteen when the nope. Keep going. We'll wait. That's, that's all I got. Nope. Okay, the Ponzi scheme is a form of fraud that lures investors and pays profits to early investors with funds from more recent investors. Wait, that sounds very. Why do I? Yeah, I was like, like involved in a Ponzi yeah. scheme. <laughs> Wait, I've been tricked by pyramid schemes before, but this sounds really legit. How do oh, I yeah. get in early? Yeah, yeah let, me, let me get funnel. in on this. No, I'm I want to get in before Ben. No, I want to get in. You got God. You got God. <laughs> Charles Ponzi, the namesake of the scheme, <laughs> uh, working as a businessman in the office in Boston. Wait, does he have this memorized? I really hope not. The scheme is named after Charles. Okay, Ponzi, all right, yeah, no, that, that's clearly reading from Wikipedia. But all right, okay. yeah. um, so what? So outside of the fact that it seems like they kind of mailed in this one, did you guys think it was weird that jo- uh, that uh, Jab had to wear a scuba suit? Yeah, underwater, underwater, and then he took it off to bite the Neptunian submarine, yeah. and then put it back on. I'm going to be Can't honest with you. breathe water? I was watching this kind of in the background, so this was a really interesting episode for me to watch because I was like half paying attention to it. So I look down, I look up. Oh, we're going to go get, get a burger to eat. All right, cool. All right, cool. Keep you know plugging away whatever I'm doing. Look back up. Who's that lobster guy? All right, whatever. <laughs> or not lobster guy. What? What is he? I can't remember. Crawfish. Louis? Crawfish, Crawfish. Whatever. And it just, I, I just remember hearing a voice I don't really recognize. I'm like, all right, who the fuck is this? All right, whatever, cool. Look d- down, look back up. All right, he's uh, he just did a flash kick on a dinosaur. That's, <laughs> that's cool. And then look back down, look back up, and Jab Credit. is talking to Ariel. Great. And oh. now he's in a scuba suit. I don't yeah, know I- why he's in a scuba. I thought he was in space. <laughs> no, it was clearly underwater. So back uh, in time, of course, yeah. If you go back to the fu- back to the past, 
then Atlantis exists. I guess yeah, that's, that's what the, the moral of the story is. I guess that's what uh, Dr. historical Dr. fact, by the way. Right. In uh, in in seventeen thousand BC, uh, according to a, a historical expert we know, uh, Darren Bohannon. Yeah, um, who confirmed that Atlantis was a real city with underwater breathing uh, and people. a street shark. Yeah, that's so right. Apparently, the Byzantine Empire actually stole all of its technologies <laughs> and all of its foundations from the Atlanteans. Wow, Incredible. that's correct. That makes the Byzantines sound like a bunch of little bitches. Fact. They are a bunch of little bitches. It is a fact. You can read any book, and the opening statements will always be the Byzantine Empire were the biggest bitches in all of history. <laughs> and black leather gloves. Wow. Fascinating. <laughs> business, business. <laughs> all right. Um, so overall, you guys excited to be able to finish this one this season for Street Sharks and be done with it? Uh, yeah, I think it would. Or be are you guys interested to see where they take this? Uh, I mean, who knows where the hell? There's no, there's no rhyme or reason to what they're doing. So. <laughs> We've lost all continuity. I thought we were gonna get the dad reveal in the beginning yep. of season three, yeah. but we got nothing. We got you know, nothing. When I st- when I started looking for it on YouTube and I clicked it, I got like five minutes into season three, episode eleven, by accident, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, this is, that makes sense. Why none of this makes follows the se- season finale from season two. As I went to, when I watched the <laughs> first episode, I'm like, "Well, I guess <laughs> we're just, we're just still not getting any continuity here from yeah. The so finale. it doesn't matter where we start. We could have literally just picked one out of a hat and pretty did much episode like, fourteen. I wouldn't say I wouldn't be surprised if the last episode has not doesn't even touch on their missing father. So. Okay. I, I have All a right. question. So question uh, from my understanding, because I had to go back, you know, rewind <laughs> just to find out why they're fighting dinosaurs and talking to mermaids and shit apparently dr paradigm built a time machine needs antimatter yes and his ultimate plan was (laughs) to get a dinosaur right a street shark based dinosaur yeah to send him back in time or to bring a dinosaur here to kill the yes the street shark so using time travel he could have done anything else like, he could have went back in time to make sure the street sharks were never created. He he could have gone back in time to cure more funds. He could have gone back in time to like any point where he failed to kill the street sharks and actually killed them, learning from his mistakes. I think he this is a question to... you can ask of any time travel movie or TV show where it's like, back why, to didn't the future. You, why didn't you just time travel back to before you did the stupid thing? Or but then you that... wouldn't have the time machine to time travel. Uh, well, that's you know, that's the them's the breaks. <laughs> Well, we're spending too much time on this one. So uh, before we jump into our movie of the week this week, I wanted to do a uh, box office rundown because it seems like there have been theaters across the country that have registered some activity. Um, as of April 20th, there were, uh, I believe, two theaters that are currently open. I don't know the locations of these theaters. but Like actual the- sit-in theaters, not driving? Correct. Drive- uh-huh. Yeah. April 20th. Uh, the number one movie in the nation was Resistance with a total of two hundred and sixty-one dollars. Two sixty-one. Eight people went. To, what is that movie even? I have no idea. I bet it doesn't. I bet it's not going to be as cool as the as the title suggests. I I'm pretty sure you're right. And so for this week, April twenty-seventh. Uh, for this week. Let's see, they're doing every day now, it seems like. So over the weekend, the number one grossing movie for this past weekend was True History of the Kelly Game with a total of $1,906 in a whopping five theaters and uh, has spent three weeks in the, num- in the number one spot. Wow. So, yeah. Uh, there are movies if you can find them, but it's uh, slim pickings out there for sure. So apparently, uh, so uh, oh, see, see, this is this is why. See, this kind of goes back to the the uh, uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World movie because I was looking at I'm looking at the IMDb page for Resistance, and it's like Jesse Eisenberg is the in the, the starring the leading role, 
And I was like, oh, yeah, we just saw him in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. <laughs> and then it took me like, you know, a few seconds to be like, wait a minute. That's not, that's not, they're not the same person, but they are the same person. So <laughs> I just wanted to. Well, that's been proven. Um, yep. So we'll jump straight into our movie of the week. That was your box office rundown. Slim Pickens for sure. Most movies are probably going to go uh, direct to consumer at this point. And I think AMC said they were going to ban any universal pictures because of that. Cause they said that they were considering more, um, you know, direct to home uh, venues or possibilities or options. And AMC was like, no, we, we don't, don't want a movie. Yeah, I know. But right now I don't think they're, they are able to stand on any grounds that are not shaky at this point. Well, Regal also got behind that. So, Oh really? Yeah. So banning all universal pictures as well. Yep. And another movie theater chain I am not familiar with. What's it uh, called? Cinemark? I don't know. Oh, that's like oh. that's like everywhere else in the country. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's AMC's the biggest one, and then I think Cinemark and then Regal is is really big here, right? Yeah. Oh wait, Maybe. no Cinemark. I do know Cinemark. But, uh, okay. Okay. Well, at least it's not the Alamo, right? Yeah, yeah the Alamo is like super super niche. So that's true. They they are really there about the theater experience, and if you want to check that uh, experience out, you can check out our double feature, double crunch box supreme episode uh, where we covered uh, El Camino and Jay and Silent Bob reboot. That's hey, right. you did it right this time. Yeah, because I think that one's also available on Amazon Prime now for free or something. Although like that. we didn't see Jay and Silent Bob uh, at the at the Alamo. No, we, no, no, no. we saw that at AMC, but right. but we did see El Camino at the AMC at the uh, Alamo, and that was and we got to see fantastic Aaron Paul. Oh wait, yep. no, we didn't. Yeah, we did. Yep, we did. Totally saw Aaron Paul <laughs> on screen as intended. So um, <laughs> we'll go straight to our movie of the week this week. It is Dread. This is the Sylvester Stallone and Rob Schneider uh, <laughs> vehicle. <laughs> vehicle. Uh, 90s That's right. Wait, so so wait. Sidebar. <clears throat> so, so I mean, Ashley are. Judd was also in this movie. So we are watching Judd Judd Dread. Watch the Judd so Judd Dread. I like it. That's what we're going with. We we actually did watch the Sylvester Stallone one, right? Right. I mean, I could probably recall enough of it right. from memory if I'm that was kidding. the case. Right. Go ahead. Right. right? No, right. shut up. Okay, well, I have an hour I, left of it. It's, it's actually Diane Lane. I got it confused. <laughs> okay, he's going up a building. He's in an elevator. Um, okay, it says I have an hour and a half left of the 2012 movie. Uh, is that enough to go off of? I, okay, I'm, I'm just going to do it. Fuck it. All I, right. I don't uh, think you're. I don't think. You, I think you're trying to. Anyways, set up the here. film <laughs> takes place in 2080 and depicts a dystopian world and a crime-ridden metropolis, Mega City One. Following an unspecified disaster that turned Earth into a cursed wasteland, the survivors establish a core of judges whose roles combines that of police, judge, jury, and executioner. The film follows Judge Joseph Dredd one of the most dedicated street judges who has been framed for murder by his own half-brother, the psychotic Rico. <laughs> okay. <that's laughs> we're jumping, now we're jumping the shark here. <laughs> that, that's the right one, right? And then Rob Schneider shows up <laughs> and he's the sidekick. As they climb. Okay, 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 okay. Here, here we go. Okay, here's the real focus, one. Focus, focus, focus. Roses are red. They didn't do meth. You have been judged. The sentence is death. That that's what you wanted to know what rhymed with yeah. death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was worth it. All right, cool. All right, this moving Ben's on. Ben's last episode on <laughs> <laughs> I like the transition that you did on there, but um so as we jump in, when was the last time you saw this movie, uh, Stu? Not that I mean it'd been a couple of years, but I had seen it a number of times um, before. Uh, but yeah, what what thing I was wondering? Did you? I guess for any of these types of movies from the '90s, whether it be like 
like this one or like Demolition Man or whatever. Did you ever get the vibe that they were like, this was like a serious action movie? Like, this is supposed to be serious time. This is there's some action going on right now. You ever guys? I felt that like vibe? every yeah every '90s action film felt like they had to have like comedy relief. Right. Like it's yeah it's just like a like yeah it's action but here's some goofs also. Um, <laughs> For those who didn't want an action film out of an action movie action with an action star in it. Yeah. Um, here's some comic relief, just in case you got dragged here and didn't know what kind of movie this is. Yeah, I mean, like Rob Schneider might as well have been like Adam Sandler or something. Could you imagine? But by the way, I was joking. We were we did review Dread, the 2012 uh, movie directed yeah. by Pete but, Travis. Oh much- fuck! Wait. Okay, let me press play again. All right, hold on. I'll catch up, guys. All right. <laughs> All right. We're gonna live cast the rest of Ben watching the movie. All right. Ben, what's he doing right now? <sighs> okay. He's in the elevator. Okay. Uh, there's Cersei Lannister. Uh, oh, shit. Was that her? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was Lena Haiti. Yeah. That's yeah. 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 Lannister. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, that's why I liked her so much. What do you mean? That's oh, why I hated uh, her so much. You okay. liked Cersei. Well, I like to hate her. There. How about that? Yeah. She did a good job at being hateable. Yeah. Um, this one, so, uh, Stu, so it's been a while since you watched Judge Dredd. What about Dredd? Oh, so Dredd is the one I had seen a number of times. I haven't watched Judge Dredd, Judge Dredd in probably a long time. Like, I don't know, call it 10, 15 years. So I went ahead and I watched both of them. All right, and show off. Part, I know. I just wanted to, cause we were thinking about possibly doing one of those series where we see where are they now right and they did the new reboot of <laughs> judge dread where is he now <laughs> he's now he lost the judge he's, part and he's, he's now just dread he's he's cpa dread <laughs> <laughs> correctional officer for juvenile detention center dread it's an illegal um, deduction actually i think that was the simpsons right it was like uh they did like these spoofs and it's like at seven conan the clonan the librarian (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) this book is overdue and then (laughs) slices them yeah it's great um but yeah i would definitely watch uh judge dread cpa that'd be great um so yeah it'd been a while since you had seen the original judge dread um, but from when you remember it, this is a vastly different movie, right? This oh, yeah. is much, much more, much grittier, darker, darker theme. Yeah, no comic relief whatsoever. Yeah. I don't think there was any like funny moments to this, right? I mean, there was like it wasn't like um like comic relief type funny moments, but there were a couple of like <laughs> like kind of moments where like, mm-hmm. um, but well, I mean, I don't know. Does this count? I don't really know. How's the spoiler zone work anymore with these types of movies? um we just go we doesn't not doesn't matter it's all one i mean people should have seen this movie by now it's an eight-year-old movie yeah so uh like the part where the the the, spoiler uh, zone is uh in effect it's in effect as soon as we jump into this wait okay this is this is pretty much like when when jab was underwater and then he puts on his suba suit anyways so we've been in the spoiler zone this whole time even though we don't need need it You've if been under helps, the you. effects of slow-mo the entire time. Whoa. That, uh, that is one thing that probably I didn't remember about this movie. I think the last time I saw it was a year after it came out. And I think that was the last time since this recent one I saw it. I don't remember them using that much slow motion in that movie. They really used the crap out of the slow motion in this. Well, the, the main bad drug was called slow-mo. So I guess uh, it makes sense. Um, what was I saying? Uh, the comedy, comedy. Oh yeah, like the homeless, the homeless guy getting crushed by the door. Yeah, that was kind of like, ha ha He told you to leave, and you didn't. Um, that's kind of like a kind of like dark comedy moment. Um, yeah. There was another scene, I think, too. Like you know, like the hot shot thing, but there's no like real like not like a Rob Schneider type you know comic relief but it has it has little moments here and there but my, mainly primarily it's like the dark gritty action movie that, what about you ben what was the last time you saw this movie oh so this was actually um i've seen it four times this is my fourth time seeing it and uh my 
viewing previous to this was just by coincidence. It was a few months ago, actually. Uh, but I definitely enjoyed watching it again. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's a good watch. Yeah, real good watch. And and I know it's Darren's favorite movie, like of all time. So oh, perfect, great. Really, he because loves of the Celeste historical Stallone. trends of this movie. <laughs> no, he loves Rob Schneider. Yeah, Is it just he's because probably he likes he's saying the Rob word Sch- dystopia. He's a, he's a big Rob Schneider fan. Yeah, ah, who I is see, it? I see. That's also true. Come on, Deuce Bigelow. Come on. Yeah. And um, um, Deuce Bigelow too. <laughs> <laughs> And <laughs> the biggest the hot, goose. the hot chick, and uh, uh, Big Daddy. He was also in Big Daddy. Oh shit! The and animal, Rob Schneider. <laughs> the animal. Where where is that reference from? Is that from South Family Park. Guy? No, it's from South oh, Park. South Park. Uh, I was gonna look something up and I completely forgot. All right. Um. Oh, so. Since the last time you guys had seen this, did you guys remember this as vividly or did it feel as fast paced as it did? Because I did not realize that it was already over by the time it was over. I was like, whoa, it's only it's already been an hour and a half. I lost complete track of time while watching this. I guess that's a, a sign of a good movie. Then mm-hmm. you're you're just enthralled in what's going on. And sad that uh we'll never we won't be able to see a sequel out of it. Because I think this would have been a great um yeah. Great candidate nope. for a sequel. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I, oh man, it'd be great if there was a sequel, but or or even like a like a series. I, oh, I'd be so um, series. they are developing a Judge Dredd series for Netflix. Yeah, for Netflix. Please, but please God, I yeah. haven't heard any news of it since 2018. Fuck. Yeah, it was Me. supposed to be titled Mega City One, but I don't know what happened to it. Megacity. Oh, come on, coronavirus. If, if if we can't get anything out of coronavirus, can we at least get them to like pour in a bunch of effort into these types of projects like Judge Dredd, the series? Oh, Sorry. man, that'd be that'd be like reminiscent of like The Punisher on Netflix. Starring Carl Urban. Ooh, man, if we could get Carl Urban back. Ooh. I don't know. Um, I don't know if I would if whoever it is, if they do do it and if, if it's not Carl Urban. Whoever it is, they better not take their helmet off the entire goddamn series. Even when oh, he's kind of like uh, the Mandalorian. Even if he's just like no, taking a shower. No. Yeah, he just has it on. Just yeah, has a, sh- yeah. has a shot of him. He goes to the shower and he's just helmet he still on with the just the off. permanent scowl just on his face, just constant frown face. Hey, I gotta say, when I was watching this movie, I tried making that scowl. As long as Carl Urban did throughout the movie, and holy fuck, it got tiring after like five seconds. Yeah, like you, I was thinking this, like man, that his face must have been so sore doing that movie. Yeah, or he like, permanently got stuck like that. Yeah, and it never. He, looked, he was never ever not able to unscowl ever again. If you look closely at the new Star Trek movies, they actually had to CGI his <laughs> mouth. <laughs> Hey, how come he looks like one of those cartoons where the guy is like upside down? Like they use their chins to do all the talking. Um, so I realized that there is a lot of uh, things that were in this movie that kind of remind me of some other movies that were, uh, for example, a year before this was released, uh, Raid the Redemption also had oh. a very similar pro- plot line. Did you guys yeah. notice that at all? Yeah, so I was actually going to say something similar. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a drug bust that gone wrong, and the whole progression of the plot is really similar, right? You know, they're all trapped, and their only option is to pretty much go up and traverse each level, and each level brings its new set of challenges, right? It's like almost like a mm-hmm. video game. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, it was yeah, like the so... American raid, the raid redemption. Yeah, yeah, this one's not, you know. And unfortunately, there's no Jaka in this one, but Jaka, Jaka, no, with, with a lot more uh, violence. Oh yeah, and a lot more like brain squishing and yeah, and a lot guns more graphic and... violence. Just you know what you would expect of the American version of something. Yeah. So if they they did Raid the Redemption and then uh, with Judge Dread back to back, that'd be yeah. great. But I I do remember because I remember like the slow mo scenes like you were talking about, 
how there's like so many of them. What I didn't remember was how cool some of the scenes were, some of those slow-mo scenes were, where like, mm-hmm. I think one of the first ones, when they're first in the building, they, they like breach a room and there's like a bunch of guys in there. Mm-hmm. And it's it's showing it from like the slow-mo perspective of everyone who's high off of slow-mo. And then uh-huh. it does like quick, like real quick, like little shots of dread, just like fucking it up, just like shooting everyone. And the reactions just, like, and everything. Yeah, oh, and then and, like, it all... the the flesh like exploding yeah. from like the bullets and stuff. I thought I thought that was like really really amazing, really well done. One of my favorite scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely easy to see. Like the this is how you use slow mo. I mean, I thought from watching the very first like twenty minutes, you would think the entire movie's in slow mo. I'm like, oh wow, this is gonna be a long movie. Um. <laughs> But then it turns out that they uh, did it actually some pretty good places, and they actually were able to use it um, for effect all, instead of yeah, inst- yeah. So, um, and I noticed that his uh, Carl Urban's version of of Judge Dredd is not just a guy with a deep voice; it's very raspy and talks like Christian Bale from The Dark Knight. Sounds like that. Yeah, I wondered was that was that also borrowed. No, I think uh, original Judge Dredd was just, uh, hey, yo, you know, I'm Judge Dredd. We <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the law. Oh, I can't do it. He didn't make any. No, Adrian, I am the law. <laughs> yeah. Law. Yeah, like that one person who says that he's really good at impressions and then starts his impressions with, hi, I'm the, a per- the I'm person. I'm the person or I'm impersonating. Uh-huh. And then says something that person would say, and it's just like, that wasn't even close. What are you talking about? Um, but yeah, no, Carl Urban, awesome. And he was also in The Boys. So that was also anything that he ties his name to, really good. Yeah, I don't think I've seen a Carl Urban movie. I wasn't like, all right, Carl Urban, I see you. Mm-hmm. Even do I feel like every movie I've seen him in, yeah. I was like, you know, Carl Urban, I see you. I see you, Carl Urban. I see you, Carl Urban. One of those names that you kind of get excited for when he says that he's got his name attached to it. Mm-hmm. It usually means it. that he has a genuine interest in it, you know. He he wa- he wants to be there. We'll do a quick uh, Carl Urban 2020 check here. Let's see if there's anything coming up. See coming up, Unst- untitled Before Star Trek sequel. Uh, well, obviously. No, it doesn't say anything. There's only two projects after the boys. Uh, one of them is the untitled Star Trek sequel, and some other movie called Cold Providence. But mm-hmm. yeah, nothing. Listen, yeah, what the hell? The Boys Season 2, is that never going to happen, or what's going on? I, it might, production might have been affected by coronavirus. Oh, damn you, coronavirus. Man, this thing is really effing things up for sure. Yep. Um, so, uh, what were your guys' favorite moments from this movie outside of the slow-mo? Um, Shoot-up scene? Yeah. Oh, you go, I guess I'll go first. Uh, probably the uh, the opening scene where he's like, he's chasing down that one the those criminals and like, uh, when he first when he like the the those like those guys in the van take out the the pedestrian, he's like, control. They just wiped out his innocent. I'm taking him down. That's pretty dope. And then followed up with that when he's like he has the guy uh he has a hostage situation thing. And he does the hot shot round into his face. Ooh, I said hot shot. Hot shot. Um, in terms of like the gun shooting and just like the tactical, mm-hmm. Stu, how how accurate is that? It looked pretty good. It wasn't too bad. Um, one thing I, I noticed, uh, which is kind of like annoying to me, in a couple scenes, uh, his hand turned the gun sideways. No, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that necessarily. Um, once there's like when he's holding it, his hand's kind of low on his gun, like where he's holding it. Like it should be as high up as possible, but that's the only gripe I have, I think. And I'm not, and I don't consider the, like the fact that he has seemingly has like infinite ammo or has like man, like a manufacture ammo manufacturing inside of his gun that can switch all the different round types. Um, because it's the future. Like yep. you're supposed to have that kind of stuff. So 
And he did run out of bullets at the end, so yeah, he did. But he yeah. only I only saw him reload like once or twice. Yeah. yeah. It makes you wonder what's in those magazines. Yeah. And that's the, the other thing. Uh, yeah, it's the future. The future's in the magazine. <laughs> Ma- I saw the magazines and they look like normal Glock magazines, so they could have done a little better there. But uh, whatever, it's the future. Uh, future. It's, it's the future. How about you, Ben? Favorite scene? Oh, man. It is. That's pretty difficult. I don't know. It, I feel like in in general, this movie was just one great sequence. There wasn't when when I'm considering what is my best or favorite scene, that means that there had to be a scene I really didn't enjoy, and there was probably only one scene I didn't enjoy. And so the rest of the movie was just not like a nonstop ride, you know. It was like I was always looking forward to the next part, and I've already seen this four times, and I gotta tell you, it still holds up really well. You know, I'm still really engaged by the whole thing, and. You know, I can't get enough of how stylish this fucking movie is. You know, whether it is that, you know, that bre- first breach scene where they go through that, um, through that room where everyone's using slow mo, or if it's just Dread talking to Anderson and you know, him play, you know, his cold demeanor playing off of Anderson's nativity and her, you know, him trying to assess her the whole time. It's, it's honestly just a really enjoyable ride the whole way through. So the whole thing. Yeah, the whole thing. <laughs> Except for me, which, what scene was that? Uh, it was kind of, I felt like the whole uh, scene towards the end where it was... Uh, the credits? No, well... That, <laughs> These the credits cosmic. could be more dread. <laughs> it was the scene where it was dread versus... The, um, what was his name? Lux? Lex? Lex? Oh, the other, the corrupt judge? Yeah, the corrupt judge. And, mm-hmm. you know, where dread says, wait, you know, I felt like they milked that a little bit. Oh. But that that was literally it, though. I mean, every yeah. other part of the movie, I'm just like, yeah. wow, yeah, let's go. I th- uh, that- for me, my favorite scene was at the very, very end where he throws um, Mama out the window. Oof. And he goes, oh, what are I love how he's like, yeah, he brute forces away to a lot of things, but he also like think he shows off that he is like thinking about stuff. He goes, how far up do you think we are? How far do you think that has a rate? Like, you know, has a has a range of and then he like throws her up against the the window and then gives her a hit of her own slow-mo and then throws her out the window and then you see as she's crashing into the into the floor she's dying like like everything's kind of like splattering but then they 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 zoom into that like uh that shot was so cool wow face getting squished cinematography at its at its best Um, i feel like it's it's probably a fairly underrated movie i feel like uh, super bought, underrated. Yeah, it, it didn't do on. well. It really? actually made less money than it than it uh, cost to make. That's so that's the reason why we never got a sequel. Even though theatrically, in in terms of like critically, it is actually pretty. It was pretty uh, critically acclaimed. It was like over ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, okay. Here's a it's rated R. Okay, no. Ben. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you, Ben. Why didn't it do well? Well, there was there was a lot. Sly Stallone wasn't in it, huh? <laughs> it's a very niche genre, right? Or not genre. It's a very niche property, right? Not not a lot of people know too much about Judge Dredd. They might have heard the name, but if you go to the average moviegoer and say, "Hey, what do you think of Judge Dredd?" they're probably not going to know anything about it. What Maybe do you mean? This I know. They know. They know the Sylvester Stallone version. Yeah, they don't like a lot of people don't know the comics or the actual world of Mega City One, right? So there's not a lot to get excited about there. Carl Urban isn't like the, exactly the biggest name in movies, and not and at like, the time, that, at the time, and now like we're also going off the fact that this movie I think was popping on the back of the whole 3D movie craze, right? Where there, every movie was like 3D, 3D, 3D. This was another one of those dread 3D movies. Oh, what? We could have mm. watched this in 3D? Could have yeah, been falling so. off the peach tree in, in 3D. Yeah, it's put on your 3D glasses now. Uh, but uh, aside from that, there were um, there was definitely even some concern within the movie going world just because of the news surrounding this movie. At the end of its production lifetime, the director actually got kicked off the project. And what? There, yeah. So uh, Pete, is it Pete Travis? Peter Travis? He mm-hmm. uh, 
he was kicked out of the editor's room like during post-production when after they finish everything the producers actually locked him out <laughs> and, and um there were a lot of rumors circulating what happened because no representatives of peter Travers actually commented on anything so a lot of people are wondering what is actually going on was it like something amicable what, what was it you know and a lot of rumors on set were indicating that it was the director having a fight with the producers so about, uh, no one could confirm about, like, creative it. rights or something no one knows it's like was it creative differences was it creative rights no one knows so uh there were even talks about them doing reshoots like no one knows how extensive it was so this happened in the news broke out in 2011 which was um uh i want to say within a year of when the movie came out so there was definitely a lot of you know rumor circulating you know usually when that happens it usually indicates that this movie is going to fucking suck, right? Mm. If the director's gone, that means producers have lost control of the project and they're just going to stitch something together. However, the um, the movie was under a very particular, uh, unusual uh, circumstance where the writer and pr- other producer of the movie, Alex Garland, was... Uh, working closely with the director. So he actually took over after uh, after Peter Travers left and he finished the movie. Uh, Interesting. Well, that's what... Um, the, the news reports from the movie studio actually said that Alex Garland would be finishing post-production. However, there were still rumors saying that he was doing much more than that and no one could confirm nor deny it. Yeah, but that's still a really strong name to tie to the finish, at least finishing of a movie. Well, at the time, at this Alex Garland hasn't done really anything. Uh, Twenty eight days later. Yeah, he was a writer. He wasn't that's a director true. or anything at the time. His first feature film wasn't come for like two or three or more years after the fact. So during this time, it was still really up in the air, and a lot of people were very skeptical of it. Uh, recently in 2018, Carl Urban was on a, he was on a interview for the boys, I think. And, uh, the topic came up of reprising the role of dread. And he said, unfortunately, like he said that he would love to do it again, but he doesn't think it's going to happen anytime soon, but <laughs> unprovoked. He did mention that, uh, you may not know this, but Alex Garland pretty much became the director of the film afterwards, and he reshot the whole movie and everything. So oh, it was, con- yeah. So he pretty much confirmed that this was Alex Garland's first movie that he directed and that he ghost directed. Mm. Uh, Al- Alex Garland, when they uh, when they actually interviewed him about the whole process and asked him about the rumors, he said that he loves Dread, but there's no way in hell that he would want to revisit like doing dread again because of the whole experience and he would not delve into any details about it so it's it's really interesting that this movie that was under so much shit you know that had all these points going for it to make it a terrible outright awful movie became so fucking cool and so good you know do you think think that I, I think it really uh fuels my personal bias into why i love this movie so much okay yeah, because despite all of it, it it still was able to get through. Still came out good. It mm-hmm. still came out incredibly good. You know, I know mm-hmm. there are some flaws with it, but goddamn, do I love it? You know, it's aesthetic, it's style. You know, Carl Urban's demeanor throughout the whole fucking thing. He was the man. You know, he was like a force in nature, and I really did like that. Even though I have never, <laughs> I've never seen the sly version of the movie. Oh, uh, but really? I do know one of the points of contention of it was that Sly took off his helmet and, it, you know, it kind of humanized him almost, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think in comparison, the original, he sp- I think he spent too much time with his helmet off. Uh, yeah, because it was Sly, you know. But that's where it. the money is at. <sighs> yeah, but you can see, like, no, the money for a Dread movie is that is the mouth and chin area. And Sly's got a, a pretty defined Strong chin. chin. That's right. So, like, you can keep a helmet on him, I think, but the rest of his face is kind of goofed up. So, <laughs> uh, whereas Carl Urban, you know, like he's, you know, he's got his helmet on the entire movie, which I, you know, I very much appreciate, kind of like in The Mandalorian, um, where it's just you only get his emote 
any emote you get is just from the window of his helmet, uh, which is you know, pretty much soul. the same, pretty much the same emote the entire movie, which is also great. Um, even like you know when he gets shot, he's just like it's the same, it's the same face, just like oh, I've been shot. <laughs> Except there's blood coming out. Except, now there's blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but do you th- I was gonna ask with uh, with this whole thing about the director and stuff. Yeah. Do you wonder if if it turned out that uh, was his name Alex Garland? Yeah, turned out to actually have reshot the whole thing. Do you think the original Dread version that we may have gotten may have been more in the vein of the original Dread, where it was like comic? There's a oh yeah, Rob Schneider was back. Uh, uh, oh okay. Do you I see think, what you're asking. Do you think maybe the original Dread that uh, the original director had was like more comical, like more in the same vein the original was? You know, you, I'm not too familiar with what this other director has done. I looked at his work, but honestly, I just don't know too much about it. So it's kind of hard to gauge. Yeah. I don't imagine too much, but I I remember like one of the, I saw I was looking at his work and he has Vantage Point is one of them that was four years prior to Dread. And some of the artistic choices that he makes, like those quick action shots where there's multiple perspectives that are kind of like stitched together. That part is in dread, right? Where they're where they get the the portion where there's the the uh, the Gatling gun, or I don't even know what you call it, the mini gun that they're using, mm-hmm. and then they're swapping back and forth. As in, like you see where the bolts are coming from, and then at the same time you're also getting what's happening to them on the other side of it. That's from Van- that that like is part of his signature, I think, from one of the other movies I saw that he he had from before. Hmm. But okay. that's the only one I know of. Uh, the other ones I have never seen. Hmm. Yeah, it's so, kind of hard to to gauge really, like what could have been. You know, what would have been the like the perfect director's cut of the movie? <clears throat> we may never see it. We may never know what the full story behind this movie is because all we have for a single source of truth is the that Pete Travers was forced out of the editor's room. He was off the project, and Carl Urban confirmed that Alex Garland did have a larger role than was what was let on. We don't know what capacity that was, but we just know that this wasn't like a perfect, you know, clean cut movie that didn't have any rocky, yeah, any obstacles. So, despite the fact that it did have all those issues, if it had done better in the box office, do you think there'd be more of a desire from? from him to go ahead and take credit if they had to reshoot the whole thing do you think it's that's why it's shrouded is because there's like nobody kind of wants to take credit for the entire thing because it may not have not done so well in the box office even though it is a great movie in and of itself i would say that there was there is a larger story and we just don't know what it is because i mean alex garland you know he he definitely loves the world of sci-fi. You know, this isn't the first, you know, this wasn't the last sci-fi film he's done. He, you know, he went on to do Ex Machina. He went on to do Annihilation. He's doing the show. Hey, hey, hey. I, <laughs> I knew, I was like, I know where he's going to go with this and I'm, I, I'm waiting for it. Actually, Stu, you know cute. what? Dread was, this movie kind of sucked. It was really boring <laughs> and like. It's very grainy. Doesn't have any plot. Doesn't. Have, I don't get it. In like, I can't wait until we do Annihilation next week. Right? Never. Right, David. Right, David. We're doing <laughs> Annihilation next week. Right? No, stop strong arming me into doing <laughs> Angry Birds too. We already <laughs> reviewed that. Uh, but so well, tune in next week. We'll be reviewing Angry Birds two <laughs> per Ben's choice. David, didn't you already watch Angry Birds two? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he, he didn't get to review it on the podcast. I watched Angry Birds one twice. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why I did. That. Are you gonna say? Are you gonna tell us that Angry Birds two is better than Angry Birds one? No, that's impossible. <laughs> oh, sorry, I, Stu, you were saying? Was I? I don't know if I was. All right, fine. Angry Birds two. Oh God, you can believe Spanish this too. Too. Yep, Spanish. Actually, I think we might have to be locked. I think whatever Actually, movie. Did you, ever, yeah, did you guys ever watch the TV show on Netflix, Kingdom? No, no, that's the one. It's with a what? Korean drama about like a oh, Spanish, the zombies. It includes oh, zombies, correct? Oh, that one has a Spanish 
voiceover with English subtitles. Interesting. What that's did, available. That sounds like putting Korean a Korean translation into a, into Google Translate to translate to Spanish and then Google Translate to English. Correct. <laughs> Excellente. That is exactly what it is. Um, so any other thoughts about dread? Stu, Ben? I am the law. Don't don't That's end enough. up in uh, the ISO cubes. That's true. Uh Stuart, favorite line. Uh shit. Ooh, there's so many of them. I know. I don't know. Ben, Pretty much anytime he delivered a line, kind of like in the boys, where it's like, I could I every line, I like it. Yeah, seriously. That's true. Like, All like, right. Well, Urban really sells the fuck out of his lines and his character. Yeah. Real, real, real quick question before we wrap up. Uh, yeah, okay. Did, did they ever touch, or do you think that um, Anderson didn't didn't or couldn't read his mind because he was, his his mental fortitude is just so tough, or uh, did she just did she just not attempt it to read his mind? I thought she did. Did she? Yeah. Uh, well, at the beginning, she was she was reading his mind, but then they cut her off, saying, "Okay, that's enough." Oh right. Wait, oh yeah, because they were in the. That was, uh, the, that was they before, were testing her psychic abilities. Yeah, yeah. That was before they were partnered up, though. I'm saying after they partnered up. Uh, I I guess she, based off of her character, you know, if we're going by the logic, that was set out by the by the rule of this world, or the rules of this world. You know, she seems to be a very naive, and she genuinely believes in, you know, good, in the world. So I would say that she was trying not to invade you know invade his privacy mm. maybe you know not you know it, it wasn't necessary for her to read his mind nice i prefer to think that judge dread was just so mentally tough that she couldn't penetrate his his mental fortress i like to think that it was that you know there was something more to him and it was something dark and brooding and they did they did allude to that in, in the yeah. opening scene but i was like wait what is it but that's but, what I like because he's it makes him so mysterious and like a force of nature rather than a character. Right. Okay. You know, that that's what I like because they didn't take off his helmet. They didn't really give him, you know, too many signs of weakness. Even when he was shot, he just got the fuck back up and kept going. He was like the embodiment of this world's justice. It of was, the law. He is the law. Ugh. Anyways, that was it. Yeah. Okay. So those are your favorite quotes. You guys just picked the entire movie. Yeah. Much. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> For me, my favorite was no one uh, the scene. The scene <laughs> in the academy. It's my show, right? I'm kidding. Um, this is the scene in the academy where he's teaching all the cadets. Walks over to the uh, Kevlar armor and he fires at it and he says, "Kevlar nine helmet and oh body God. armor, yours when you graduate." And he hands over to the to the <laughs> gun and he lawgiver two. 25 round sidearm with mission variable voice program ammunition signal flare and then he fires it he says yours if you graduate and then he mm-hmm. walks over to the lawmaster which is the motorcycle mark four lawmaster improved model with dual onboard laser cannons vertical takeoff and landing capability range 500 kilometers and then they try to turn it on it malfunctions he goes yours if you can ever get it to work favorite line entirely <laughs> like Wow. Everything you know, even I, I've never seen it. Even I know that's from Rocky One. What the fuck? That is <laughs> not from Rocky <laughs> All right. Um, so we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. So next week, if we can find it, we will be covering Robocop in Spanish with English subtitles. That's English dubbed into in, Spanish. Yeah, whatever. In honor of Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, I mean, unless we find something else that's a little bit more suitable, maybe it's a Selma Hike movie, but you'll have to tune in next week to find oh, out. God, yes. Yeah, so make sure to uh, like and subscribe on wherever you're getting the podcast at SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, um, or wherever you're doing that. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Make sure to check us out um on wednesdays or thursdays at seven o'clock for our dos and half cinco's game time vision you know you know what we're talking street about ultimate deluxe turbo yeah, knuckles stream, streaming turbo knuckles um that'll be going live as well uh as always i have been your host david and i'm, I'm Stu.
Okay. <laughs> We're back to Get this it. again. Uh, <laughs> finally, it's it's taken so much conditioning to lure you into this false sense of security. <laughs> oh. oh, I feel like Delicious. Ben's doing a bit with this. I don't understand what the bit is, though. So, well, I understand. It's a bit, the bit. You, you kind of got to go with it. So, don't forget to tip your Reiki masters next time you see them. Uh, make sure to practice social distancing. Wash your hands. Stay home if you can. But you got to do number two. Yeah, don't go saying? number two in your home is what David's right. saying. Yeah, uh, do it somewhere else outside. Uh, make sure when you go outside, wear a mask, be safe. And we'll check you guys on the next one. Okay, bye. bye.